welcome, welcome to Rapid Reviews Radio Podcast, episode 138. We are kicking it old school today as we are doing a voice-only recording. I'm your co-host, Kylie Wilde, and I'm joined by my ever-present co-host, Pete Beckett. Hello. I'm very annoyed about Twitch. <laughs> uh, yeah, so we'll explain that a little bit. Actually, we'll just go into that. Uh, Pete, why, what's the reason why we're recording Old School today? Uh, because Kylie decided that one day we should definitely enable mm-hmm. two-factor authentication on the Twitch account. Um, we now have been locked out of it because it's linked to my old phone number, not a new one. Yeah, yeah. So, and the process to change the phone number takes four days. Four freaking days, which is ridiculous. Yeah, and as I've been very busy this week, I haven't had a chance to do it until Friday. So, yeah, yeah. The, the countdown is on. Yeah, hopefully. And I, I know they don't count weekends. So, hopefully oh, I knew this it was week. never likely yeah, to no. before this one, which is why I put the tweet out immediately on Friday yeah. afterwards. Yeah, and for our eagle eared listeners, uh, you might hear a lot of explosions behind me. That is because uh, fireworks are going off like crazy because it's the day before Halloween. Oh, okay, good. It's... I was, I was kind of hoping that war wasn't coming. <laughs> I mean, it's Northern Ireland. You never know. <laughs> uh, anything is possible. Uh, that's true. It's true. I guess it's Halloween Eve Eve? Hallows Eve Eve? Or I don't Hallows know. Eve's Eve. That's it. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. Oh, my goodness. But, wow, it's really loud out there. Uh, but other than that, Pete, how's your week been? Uh, exhausting. So it's, oh. oh, my God, it's been such a busy week this week. So um, <laughs> been working as, as usual, of course. But then Wednesday, I was involved in a charity football game for work. Mm. Uh, so I played football Very for the nice. first time in a good couple of years. Then yeah, Thursday yeah. was out with a bunch of work colleagues uh, bowling. Ooh. So, yeah. Ooh. And then Friday nice. was out and about doing other things too. So, yeah, wow. Just, You're just, just a been... man about town. Unfortunately, <laughs> yes. But now I'm ex- as exhausted as you probably are. Yeah. I'm I'm definitely tired, as we would say back in Texas. Yes. Um, so how's your week been? Uh, my week has been great. Uh... We did a, um, I think we called it a Friday, a Fright Night Showdown at the gym. Nice. And uh, I got to dress up as Deadpool. Deadpool doing deadlifts, which is my favorite. And uh, it was great. I, I actually went around humans. Um, <laughs> it was awkward, but I'm quite proud of myself. I did stick around. Like last time we did a... Uh, get together function thing which was probably like two months ago um i left after oh about 10 minutes 15 minutes (laughs) (laughs) i dipped i was like i'm out of here and how long did you last this time this time i stayed nearly to the end i think i stayed a full 30 minutes which wow was very very much uh a new thing for me i still sat by myself I just can't get... I just don't know how normal people do it. Do they just walk up to strangers and be like, Hey, I too am a stranger. Unfortunately, <laughs> Let's be strangers yes. together. That's weird. Pretty much, yeah. You just you <laughs> go weird. over, you crack a joke, and then you, you start... Oh, that's weird. Oh, that just sounds so uncomfortable to me. I'd rather be up on stage hosting or performing 
or something like that. That doesn't is... make any sense to me. I can go up and be in front of a crowd of a thousand, but going to talk to yes. one person. Oh, yes. See, that's that's what's so funny. Like, uh, I do have this, I was thinking of this the other day. I have this very extroverted friend. She is just amazing. She'll talk to anyone. Uh, she'll go up and talk to anyone and, and anything. And then but she goes, Kylie, I could never do what you do. Like the various hosting mm. gigs and stuff that I do. I was like, what? She's like, I don't know how you do it. All those people staring at you and all this kind of stuff. I was like, it doesn't even, nah, it doesn't even register on my radar as a problem. It's only when it's one-on-one. Yes, yeah, so like... I had a similar problem when I was, uh, this was many, many years ago. It was an old podcast mm-hmm. that I did where oh, uh-huh, we actually uh-huh. did a talk at EGX. And Oh, right. Oh, God. Like, going up and speaking uh... to normal people, like, on their own, absolutely fine. Got no issue with it whatsoever. Getting up in front of a group, like a room oh. of about a hundred people, no, oh, I was that. so nervous. It was horrible. Oh, I-, I could start visibly shaking as I got onto stage. It was just the worst. Oh, I I love that feeling. I love that feeling of standing up there and talking to the crowd, or how I used to do at the roller derby games and get the crowd all like hyped up and stuff. And yeah. oh, so much. But you know what? You get me talking to one on one. Oh gosh. I just get to stare at the floor and be freaked out the whole time. <laughs> so, so basically, what you're saying is, is so long as the ratio goes above um, three digits, <laughs> then you're fine. You know, I was thinking about that too because it's funny. When I walked into the, uh, I was called the lobby at the gym. Mm-hmm. There was like six or seven people in there, which is quite a bit, and I was so uncomfortable, which I wouldn't normally be. But I think yeah. it's because they were all in costumes and I didn't know who each one was. Ah, yes, of course. The old masquerade uh, party. Yeah, so I was just like, I don't know who I'm talking to, so I'm just going to run through here really fast. <laughs> wow, you actually did cardio to avoid a social situation. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. there you go. That's my choice. Oh, my gosh. Cardio or social situation, and I will choose cardio. <laughs> Uh, yeah, and I know that's a big thing for you because you hate cardio. Yes, I hate it so much. <laughs> um, a lot of cardio on a Friday. Um, well, yeah. But oh gosh, but uh, but all in all, it was very fun. I was proud of myself for getting out there because mm. it isn't something that I do. Um, which again, I do realize how strange that is because you hear me on here or you see me with guests, and you're like, oh, Kylie's definitely, you know, an extrovert, and she's she's all this and blah blah, and I am all those things. Mm-hmm. Only in a hosting capacity. Yeah. If yeah, if it's like a one-on-one thing, no. <laughs> <laughs> Look, the human brain is a very strange thing. It is. You so can't strange. explain that kind of uh, that kind of logic because no. everyone is different. They're all wired differently, and obviously, uh, well, you've probably proven like over to yourself over mm-hmm. the last couple of years that autistics are very much wired very differently to everyone. Very. Else. Different. Like, yep, yeah, I, I often say, and I do stand by this, that if I wasn't autistic, I'd be an extrovert, 100%. I know oh, I would. I know you would. Yeah. I mean... I come from a family of extroverts, loud people, performers. performers. Yeah, exactly. Yep, yep. And so, and I was the only quiet one <laughs> hiding in the back. So I, and I think that's all autism related. So it is oh. funny. It's very funny. Yeah, it sort of makes sense to me, but... I'm sure we've probably divulged more than enough about the week. So, shall, yeah. we, shall, shall we get on with a we news will episode? Get on with we've this. got nothing else to cover at the moment. Yeah, it's it's. 
I do want to explain for our listeners, since we don't have any watchers, uh, <laughs> but uh, when it gets towards the end of the year, it we get we have so many shows planned ahead that we get a lot more new shows cropping up, if that makes sense, because we have yeah. big shows planned, and our energy kind of goes to the big shows, yeah, which I'm real excited that, about. Yeah, of course. Mm-hmm. So just uh-huh. to put it into context, I'm already planning yeah. Game of the Year, you. which is well over a month away, but... I'm in the process of getting everyone together and organizing the bracket and all that sort of thing. So it's taking a lot of energy, if I'm honest. Mm -hmm. So you'll see a lot of news stories towards the end, but that's okay because there's a lot of news happening. Uh, Speaking of which, Pete, do you you want want to to crack straight into it? Let's go for it. Okay, so um, as per usual, um, the source for this particular episode is going to be VGC, but uh, if you want to read the articles yourself in full, uh, each article will be linked in the uh, description or show notes or whatever you want to call them, or the description on YouTube if this goes up. Don't know how I'm doing it yet, but we'll see. So uh, I'll go to the first article, and this one is um, unfortunately, uh, I would say unfortunately, uh, more aim towards our illustrious third co-host when he does join us because it's a game that he's particularly <laughs> interested in hearing in seeing yeah uh but those across the, uh across to the uh far east may not be able to see it because callisto yeah. protocol has been cancelled in japan after developer decides decides against cuts just insane not as, in, not as insane as you think and i'll go into that in a minute why okay uh, the Callisto Protocol has been cancelled in Japan after its developer determined that it would not get a uh, not be able to get a rating without uh, for the game without cuts. This is a quote: "We have decided to discontinue the Japanese release of Pro- uh, Callisto Protocol." The game's official social media account stated on Wednesday: "We have determined that the game cannot pass the Zero rating in its current state, and that changing the content will not provide the experience the players expect. We would appreciate your understanding in Japan." The account concluded by stating that it would provide refunds for those who pre-ordered the title. Um, video games are rarely banned in Japan, but uh, many titles yeah. have been edited for excessive violence. And I'm glad yes. that it mentioned this because I was going to bring this up. Uh, yeah. Such as Gears of War, Call of Duty, Grand Theft Auto mm-hmm. and Dead Island. Uh, yeah. Tokyo-based um, analyst Dr. S- uh, Sir Kentoto explained on Twitter that Japan's game censorship has gotten a lot worse since uh, local ratings agency Acero was established in 2002. Uh, so this is a quote. Games covered for uh, games censored for nudity and violence in Japan include Last of Us, Cyberpunk, Uncharted 1, Witcher 3, GTA 5, etc. Needless to say, censorship also affects homemade games, including Resident Evil, when compared to the Western releases. It's also important to understand that sometimes Japanese games get two releases, one cut and one gory version. The gory version typically sells better. The problem is that the gory version, which usually carries the Zero's strictest Z rating for ages 18+, is also censored when compared to the Western release. In other words, avoid the Japanese version of, of such games at all costs. They're always censored. I'm not going to go into any more of this because I think it's going over somewhat of the same ground. And yeah. uh, mostly the reason what I was going to say was uh, there was a particular scene in Resident Evil 2 Remake that was particularly censored for the Japanese version and that did make a bit of a storm when uh, when the game did uh, was just about to release. Oh? Uh, yeah, Which... there was 
so there was a scene, I believe, with a horribly mutilated body. Ah. And well, uh, yeah. they, they uh, cut down quite a lot see, of the actual content itself. I find that interesting for several reasons. Mm -hmm. um, the least of which, and listeners, dear, dear listeners, do not take this wrong. Uh, the least of which is, this is the place where um, some very graphic mangas and stuff come from. Look, let's just say it how it is. It's a monkey <laughs> Thank you. I'm not dancing around the issue. They are, they are the nation of weebs. Yeah, and very so... extreme weebs at that. No offense to the weebs. Not at all. Uh, so that always is very interesting to me because, like, uh, being that I'm American, we are very open about violence and gratuitous violence and graphic mm -hmm. violence. But we're very hesitant about, you know, uh, like sexual uh, things. Yeah, it's the thing that always makes me laugh about America. You can watch someone's head, yeah. uh, someone chop mm -hmm. someone's head off, but as soon as you show yep. a titty, that's it. Mm -hmm. You're done. That's it. You're done. Um, yeah, <laughs> which was funny having to explain that to my friend that was recently here. Uh, <laughs> she was very like, "Whoa!" I was like, "Yeah, no, that's normal here," um, but. Uh, so yeah, so it is funny to me the way different countries have censorship guides. Put it mm -hmm. that way, yeah. Um, so this one's a surprising one to me. And it's also surprising about Resident Evil because that's where Resident Evil came from. Yeah, it was, but that's what the article was saying, that no yeah. no publisher is uh, uh, immune from it, even if they are right. their own talent. Yeah. That's very true. So, I think that's disappointing, to be honest, because Callisto Protocol looks looks great, and obviously, oh yeah, uh, people over in Japan are not going to get the chance to play it. However, yeah. there is something interesting about it, though. Mm -hmm. uh, there's no region locking on the PS5 or the Xbox. Right. So they could, if they want to incur impulse uh, uh -huh. attacks, order the game from elsewhere and still be able to play it. Right. They just right, won't right, be able right. to buy it in Japanese shops or the Japanese um, uh, PSN or Xbox Live. Yeah. Hmm. So, yeah, if you want to do that, if you still want to play the game, just import it. It's basically yeah. what uh, Australians have been doing for all, for basically since game started. Oh, gosh. Yeah. It's true. I was trying to remember which one was... Uh like not allowed to be sold here in Ireland. Um, I can't remember. Probably Manhunt too. I think it was Manhunt is what I first was thinking. Is Manhunt the one where uh, you start in the jail and yeah. the guy is... Uh, okay. It's by, yeah, Man, Manhunt <laughs> is the game by Rockstar that's essentially just a snuff movie. Yes, yes, that. What a weird time that was. All the Saw games and... The Saw movies, the... The Saw movies and yeah, the other... Yeah. All that. yeah. I think it was just one of those times where they were like, okay, well, censorship has gotten a little bit lax, so let's see how far we can push the boundaries before they start tightening yeah. up again. Yeah. It's always good uh, to push boundaries. Uh, yeah, I agree. It just shows what you can kind of get away with. But anyway... Yeah. Uh, shall we move on to the next story? Because I think this one caused a bit of a stir online a few days ago. Sure. 
Uh, physical copy. I'm not reading the headline because I think it's just explained in the <laughs> first first line. Right. Physical copies of Call of Duty Modern Warfare 2 allegedly include just 72 megabytes of on data disk. Uh, on of data on yeah. disk. Sorry. Yep. Which. Uh, yeah. Doesn't surprise me at all. But yes. Uh, moving on. So. <laughs> That's according to Does It Play, a social media account which tests physical games to see if it can be played offline on consoles. I hadn't actually oh, heard about this cool. Twitter account yeah. until this point. So that's actually a really good service, by the way. Yeah, I like that. Um, according good to the account, follow. Modern Warfare 2's disc comes with hardly any data. Assumed it's stored on a standard PS5 UHD, so that's a Ultra HD uh, Blu-ray disc. Mm -hmm. uh, less than 1% of the storage is being used by the game. At the time of publishing, the download size for the Activision shooter is around about 100 gigabytes, and that's before the release of Warzone 2 next month. So right, users okay. purchasing a physical copy will still need to download virtually the entire game yep. and require and still require the disc to play it. VGC has asked Activision for comment on the story. If true, shunning disc storage raises issues of not just data caps, but preservation and the environmental impact of pr printing what are virtually empty discs in plastic boxes. Mm -hmm. that's, that's where this article starts to lose me, by the way. Oh, right. So I'm not going any further because, yeah. I'll be honest, I do have a little bit of an issue with the whole printing of plastics and all that for a game that doesn't require yeah. it. But yeah. I think I think... I'm not even going any further with that. I could talk for hours about <laughs> the green agenda and all that, and I don't want to raise any any eyebrows about that. Right. So, I will, however, raise the uh, the all important question of physical versus digital again. Yes. Yeah. And um, I'm going to turn around and I'll say that Activision Blizzard do not care about physical games anymore. Oh yeah, no, I'm going to agree with you there. Yeah, I'm so agree with what yeah. this reminds me of, and um, obviously you're probably a bit more old school than I am in terms of PC games. Oh, uh huh. I was about to be like, what? Yeah, do you remember <laughs> what it used to be like? Uh, what do you mean specifically? What do you mean? You mean the install CD? Oh my gosh, yeah. Well, this is essentially it's... an install CD. Well, yeah, that's exactly, yeah, like the first minute I had heard about that, that was my immediate thought was, oh, yeah, this is how it used to be done. Yeah. Exactly. Like, I'm not surprised. Like, I was not surprised by it. Only because previous experience. So, mm. I guess I didn't think about that, actually, Pete, now that you say that. The new generation does not know about that. No, that's why I decided to raise it. Yeah. I didn't even think of that. That's why I couldn't... I, like, I knew... Like, it's annoying, yeah, but I couldn't realize why people were really, like, getting kind of... Talking about it a lot, you know? Especially right. on Twitter. And I was yeah. like, why? Like, this is this is how it's always been. And I was like, oh, wait. Now that you've said that, Pete. <laughs> no, it hasn't always They don't been know that. <laughs> no, it hasn't always been this way because games, even for the longest period of time, like, have had copies, like, pretty much on disc all the time. Like, mm -hmm. Yeah, there was some downloading that was required for it because day mm -hmm. one patches, of course, so you're not going to yeah. get past those. But yeah. the fact that we've got 72, gig uh, 72 megabytes, yeah. not even gigabytes, yeah. megabytes, mm -hmm. it does raise the question of, like, and it does raise it in there, what is the point of printing this? Yeah. 
you know, it is a waste of plastic, it is a waste of a resource, you know, it's only costing Activision Blizzard money, and let's be honest with you, who freaking hell cares, because it's Activision Blizzard, they got more money yeah. than God in some degree. So, I wonder if it's for legitimacy, is what I wonder. I just, no, I don't know about the legitimacy in that respect. I, I think it is more the, they can argue against um, physical copies then. Mm-hmm. So if oh, physical, if physical copies yeah. go down in sales, yeah, uh, they can then turn around and go, well, looks like the people have spoken and all digital going forward. Yeah. We're going to print our games on disc. And no, that's a slippery slope and I hate that. And I don't want Activision Blizzard being the, the outlier in this one and saying, yeah, we're going fully digital, like completely, like as the first company. Because yeah. if they do everyone else folds if yeah so let, let's say someone like konami to, mm-hmm. for instance decide to go yeah we're printing silent hill 2 like remake um mm-hmm. we're only doing it digitally you know people are just gonna laugh at them yeah we're, like if capcom were to do it then people might take it a little bit more seriously right but if a major publisher like bethesda or Activision Blizzard or Ubisoft do it. It's game mm-hmm. over for for physical media, I think. Yeah. I think I think I have to I think I actually agree with you on that. Mm. I do. I mean, I'm hesitant obviously because well, I've made it very clear about my stance, <laughs> which is, you know, I'm digital all the way. Yeah. But I know that there's always going to be a core audience that wants the physical copies. Yeah, I mean, I'm, um, I'm one of them, but that's mainly because I worry about the state of game preservation from big companies. You know what I almost wonder? Go on. Uh, I forget the company that does do this occasionally, but I almost wonder if you could have a company that contracts out, or that is contracted to make physical copies. So you mean like super rare or um, mm-hmm. limited yeah, super run? Yeah, rare. And limited run, yeah. Where they they it's have almost... been doing that already with Doom Eternal and other games yeah, but... like Scott Pilgrim vs. The World. And... If they made it official. You know what I mean? Like officially official. Like yeah, it's so an they... automatic... Yeah. Yeah, so they, yeah. they essentially do a deal with, say, Activision Blizzard mm-hmm. and go, oh yeah, we'll print your copies yep. of Call of Duty Modern Warfare 3 next time around yep. for five percent of your profits or something yeah or and we'll only print like in the case of limited run uh we'll only print you know twenty thousand copies yeah Yeah. i guess i guess one of the things that in terms of legitimacy they Mm -hmm. probably would have to print a few more than that but that could obviously get worked out on a case-by-case basis Mm -hmm. but i like your thinking actually i like it could be the next way that limited run decided to go actually yeah, well, I mean, that's that's what I would do personally. Uh, hmm, I wonder if I can print games now. I was literally just about to say, there's a new business venture, I think. There you go. Yeah, I've been needing a new one. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, but, I yeah. I think that covers it, didn't it? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I think okay. that's... Yeah. So I'm going to move on to the next news story. So um, Rocksteady co-founders Sefton Hill and Jamie Walker are leaving yeah. the studio. Yeah. Uh, this is like that is rock steady 
Oh, I know. So, it yeah, it's like, whoa. But yes. Yeah. So Rocksteady co-founders Sefton Hill and Jamie Walker are leaving the studio. It's been announced. In a letter posted to the Rocksteady website, David Haddad, uh, president of WB Games, made the announcement. The Suicide Squad killed the Justice League nearly finished. They have both decided uh, to leave Rocksteady at the end of 2022 and will make uh, begin a new adventure in gaming, the letter reads. We have the utmost respect and gratitude for Jamie and Sefton uh, and wish them all the best with their new endeavour. And like many fans, we look forward to uh, to what they do next. Uh, Nathan Burlow, longtime Rocksteady director of production and original founding member of the studio, will now become studio director. And Darius um, Sagjian, I apologise for sure. the name, uh, <laughs> will uh, become the studio's product director. Hale Walker released a joint statement as part of the announcement and confirmed that the next move in in games uh, game space will be together. So that means they're forming a new studio together then. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, our decision to leave Rocksteady was emotional to say the least. From the day we founded the company in 2004 all the way to today, Rocksteady has been our life and soul. Wow, 2004. Wow. That's crazy. And to think five years after that, they became a household name with Bob yeah. them. That's wild. I, knew, hmm, I actually, okay, that's crazy because I actually didn't, think they had been established that long before Arkham. No, I if I'm honest. I didn't think they were around for very long before they did Arkham actually. So yeah. to see it I remember, on paper was like, whoa, okay. Yeah, because I remember the whole speculation, oh this is a new company. How are they going to handle such a big property? Mm. But I guess back then five years was a new company, whereas now it's like two years. <laughs> yeah, that's true actually. Like because you yeah. look at um can't remember the name of the studio but the one that jade raymond set up and then got mm-hmm. purchased by sony before they even shown a game oh gosh yes that's right <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah. Anyway. Uh, so uh, yeah. i'll continue reading the statement so now with suicide squad in safe hands and the team here stronger than ever it's time to hand over the reins and for us to start a new adventure together in games actually this is interesting because it does go off uh down their path of history so rocksteady studios was formed in 2004 by the pair who were both Formerly, oh my god, reading this name is bad enough because it's <laughs> proper 90s. Uh, by the pair who were formerly employed at Argonaut Games. Oh goodness, oh goodness, <laughs> oh wow. Oh, I know, oh, I know. And there's also another wow. one in here that brings back memories, but people still remember who they are. Uh, the first release from the studio was Urban Chaos Riot Response, a first person oh shooter that god. was published by Idos Interactive for PS2 I- Xbox. <laughs> Oh my god. Oh I know. It's absolutely ridiculous going down this like path of history. Oh my so however That's the so studio funny. would truly rise to prominence with the Batman Arkham series, which began with mm-hmm. Arkham Asylum in two thousand and nine. Wow. I didn't even read this yeah. article and I knew it was two thousand nine. Oh yeah, I remember I remember it clear as day. Yeah, so do I. Absolutely. I played it four freaking times. It's great. <laughs> so yeah, uh, it, why it, be it called the greatest really... com <laughs> Yeah, sorry. Well, no, I was just I was about to actually say what you were about to read, which is it just blew everybody away. It was just mm. stunning. Yeah, widely called the greatest comic book game of all time by uh-huh. critics, it was a huge success that spawned two direct sequels. Yeah, uh, what one not so great and one quite yeah. good. Yeah, and that's yeah. just my opinion. Arkham Arkham that's City is not as good as Asylum, and Arkham Knight is not as good as City. Uh, yeah, I get them all confused um so asylum is obviously the more confined experience yeah 
Uh, like City is more open world, and Night was the one that had far too much Batmobile. Was it, which one's Origin? Uh, that was the one that wasn't made by Rocksteady. That was by oh. uh, that was by WB Montreal, who is that, are making Gotham Knight. Is that the one where uh, what's his name Mark Hamill didn't voice Joker or something like that? That's correct. Or they had to. Yeah, I remember that. And it's the one where I f- believe it's Deathstroke as the main villain. Yeah, I I have only watched Let's Plays of that. I've never played that. Uh, I've heard There's... the Deathstroke fight is absolutely incredible at the end of the game. Right. So I'm planning on getting it at some point if I can mm. actually play it backwards compatible. Very good, very good. Yeah, I'm sure. Oh, well. <laughs> well I say that. I probably uh-huh. should bring Steam up and see if it's on there. Yeah. <laughs> I think you'd I have a better chance I've got a good there. PC to do that now. Exactly, yeah. <laughs> anyway, oh gosh, so... Yeah. Um, uh, in 2020, it was reported by The Guardian that the studio failed to resolve issues relating to sexual harassment and in- inappropriate behaviour. Oh, great. Yeah, uh, yeah. It was reported that more than half of the female employees of the studio had con- contacted executives about the issue. Rock City replied to this and told The Guardian in 2018, we received a letter that's, uh, from some of our female employees expressing concerns that they had at that time, and we immediately took firm measures to address uh, the matters that were raised. Over the subsequent two years, we have carefully listened to and learned from our employees, working to ensure every person on the team feels supported. In 2020, we are more passionate than ever to develop uh, to continue to develop our inclusive culture, and we're determined to stand up for all of our staff. But anyway, that's uh, going down the line of something completely different there, and I actually just want to talk about these two leaving. Yeah, yeah. Which is... It comes as a surprise. Okay, but... Um, I say that, but... Uh, let's be honest. I'm going to give my theory. And then Pete, you, of course, can give your theory. Uh, I think they're tired of rehashing the same thing. Mm-hmm. And the only way that they're going to be able to be creative is to start their own... Or start a new studio. Hmm. Or project or whatever. Yeah. Because, I mean, looking, watching as I do, as a detached observer of pop culture (laughs) and media, um, I think finally after, you know, 10 or 15 years, I think people are tired. People as in the creators, writers, artists, thinkers, all that stuff. I think they're tired of rehashing the same stuff. Yeah. I think... I think the time for original IPs in all forms of media. Yeah. I think it's 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 starting to creep up. You know, okay. and people are like, Yeah, I, I need to be creative. Okay. You know, this is what I set out to do. So yeah, that's kind of my theory. Okay. Well I'm gonna I, I decided to do a small bit of Googling here. Uh-huh. And um I'm gonna give credence to your theory here. So, other than Urban Chaos Riot Response, what other games have they made? I would think only the Arkham games, right? Arkham Asylum, Arkham City, yeah. Arkham Knight, Arkham VR, and Suicide Squad mm-hmm. Kill the Justice League. Yeah, which is just Arkham, but... Well, yeah. But... It's set in the Arkham universe. Yeah. Exactly. So, I, I, I'm not going to disagree with you on this one. I think it's yeah. pretty sound theory. They're obviously quite bored of whilst Mm -hmm. having an iconic character or iconic set of characters such as that family is great and everything and it gives so much license to be able to do pretty much what you like with them 
mm-hmm. clearly only working on Batman games was not enough yeah. for them. They wanted to probably well, wanted to expand beyond that scope, but obviously their parent company is Warner Brothers. So yeah. if they yeah. see a good money making opportunity for them to make oh, gosh. stacks, let's say, then they're gonna keep they, on Batman. <laughs> Do they? Because WB's the worst. But um, but I think it's a lot similar. It's a similar vein of uh, Bungie with Halo. Yeah, absolutely. They were tired. They were tired of Halo, as much as I hate to say that. Hmm. And they wanted to do something new, and Microsoft wasn't going to let them. So they said, okay, we'll go make our own thing. Okay, I'm, glad you, bought, I'm glad you brought Bungo up, actually. Uh-huh. Uh, because... I'm not mentioned. Uh, this wasn't the news story. Well, I, I just wanted to talk about this. Uh-huh. Have you heard what their new their new game is? No, I haven't. Wow. Yeah. They're, they're rebooting Marathon. Oh, they, I did see the rumors of that. Is yeah, it? They're, is they're, that they're rebooting for Marathon? Sure and how are they doing it? Oh dear. As a free to play oh. online service game. Of course. <laughs> okay how's okay i'm trying to picture marathon as a free to play that's gonna be that's gonna be weird okay yeah so <laughs> but, clearly clearly that bungee money like uh, that that uh oh destiny gosh, money destiny? is clearly like fueling something. their way of doing things something's going on in that direction i think mm. uh i i will save my theories on that unless our listeners want to hear my theories about bungee and destiny <laughs> Write in, let us know. Uh, because uh, I've actually been thinking a lot about that. Because this phase has been completely different than their previous phases. Yep. Which I makes me wonder how much is Sony's influence, how much of it is panicking, how much of it is trying new things, you know, that kind mm-hmm. of stuff. But, yeah. I'm still hedging my bets on the fact that they're working with Naughty Dog on the, um, on the factions up uh, multiplayer. I mean, well, that standalone makes, Last of Us like online service yeah. game. It makes sense. I'm not gonna disagree that that would make sense. No. Uh you know, they're all under Sony now. They are, yeah. So it wouldn't surprise Cannot me. Cannot believe if they I'm do. saying that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, uh, I don't want to go into the the brass tacks of this uh, idiotic nah. uh, disagreement I had with someone with a Sony fan oh. over the week on Twitter. Oh, that was fun. I'll re- I'll send it to you later it was a good life yeah goodness yeah arguing with fan fan people online is utterly hilarious it is funny as hell because they keep moving goalposts every single time oh yes yeah 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 but yeah i'm like i said i'm not disagreeing with you like good luck to the the two like to hill and walker like i hope the new studio goes well or whatever they decide to do whether it's setting up a new studio or just taking time for themselves to just create some indie games for a little bit even better yeah who knows but good luck in the future endeavor i i hope you've left rocksteady in a really good place which i'm sure you have oh i'm sure Um, yeah and obviously i know probably people would look into it like a lot like the two studio like co-founders are leaving a studio when they're still in Mm -hmm. progress but they're in the polishing stage of suicide squad like there's not much that they can influence in that makes me think dan hauser yeah, wonder what he's doing. Oh, he he saw the writing on the wall. He jumped ship. I, yeah, that's I, what I mean. We... I, I wonder what he's actually doing. 
Yeah, I, I wonder as well, but I was thinking of that too the other day, which yeah, is so was I. you and I called it, yeah. We were like, he's jumping ship. Yep. And then all this nonsense now, you know, what, two years later now, Yeah. it's coming out, what a mess yep. the GTA 6 is going to be, um, is yeah. and is going to be. Also, yeah. I'm just going to put marker down because you've now mentioned it. Uh, I'm going to guarantee that there will be some sort of article from a certain Jason Schreier around about the time the GTA <laughs> 6 launches that the crunch culture oh, crunch never culture. changed <laughs> at, at Rockstar, despite how much they said it would. That's a vein he will always tap. No, uh, it's more it's more the fact that obviously Rockstar said that they were changing that culture and they've made it very yeah. apparent, and I don't think it's changed at all. No, I don't think so at all. Anyway, uh, speaking of co- uh, companies that like to like crunch culture, <laughs> that was the worst segue of all time, I think. Terrible, but yeah, go for it. Project <laughs> I... is remaking The Witcher in Unreal Engine Five. Yeah, I want to <laughs> talk about this. We actually talked about this a long time ago. We did actually. Yeah. So uh, this is interesting because. Um, I don't know if we really mentioned it on the show, but they, um, CD Projekt had obviously announced a stack of new projects that they were working on. Yeah. Uh, they yes, were all codenamed. Yeah. So course. I'll go in, I'll, I'm sure this article will probably mention that, so let's go into it. So CD Projekt has announced that a fully, full-fledged remake of the original Witcher game has entered production. According to the company, the remake will be built from the ground up in Unreal Engine 5 and is currently in the early stages of development at Polish studio Fool's Theory, where veteran Witcher series staff uh, are involved. CD Projekt Red is providing full creative supervision, it's it's stated. It's been confirmed that the remake is the same title that was announced earlier this month as Canis Majoris. Right. Codenamed. Yeah. So, uh, anyway, this is a statement. So, it's still early, and we want to ensure that the game is created with the utmost care and attention to detail. Therefore, while we're excited to share the news with you, we want to ask you for uh, ask you for patience, as it will be a while until we start talking about this project in detail. CD Projekt Red uh, boss Adam Badowski uh, said in a in a statement thank you for all that controversy that made me actually know how to pronounce his name correctly um yes. <laughs> uh, the witcher is where we, where it all started for us did it <laughs> i mean um, for them it did yeah <laughs> uh i i actually thought that they'd um i thought they got their start actually translating pc games and then moved on to the witcher after that yeah, but it didn't. Put I know them on the what map. they. Mean. I know yeah. what they mean by. It. I'm just playing semantics, all right. Oh yes, yes. So the Witcher is where it all started <laughs> for us for CD Projekt Red. It was the first game we made ever, and it was a big moment for us going back to this place and remaking the game for the next generation of gamers to experience. It feels just as big, if not bigger. Collaborating with Fools Fury on the project is just exciting, as some of the people there have been previously involved in the Witcher games. They know the source material well. They know how much gamers have been looking forward to seeing the remake happen and they know how to make incredible and ambitious games and although it will take some time before we're ready to share more about uh more about and from the game i know it will be worth the wait so uh do you have any comments on this i oh i've got a few 
It's going to be more of a ramble, so you'll have to keep me on track. Right, um, I'm strapping in for this one. <laughs> uh... Okay, so Witcher is Witcher is not the strongest of all the games, believe it or not, even though people will argue with me on that, but it's not. Okay. Uh I think putting a fresh coat of paint on it might bring in an audience. Mhm. They've got to change a lot to it though. And yeah, I mean, I'm sorry this is going to be so lame to some of y'all, but I mean, it is kind of I don't want to say it's problematic. I think that's too strong of a word. It's a product of its time. So it might need a little bit of polishing on certain things. Um, okay. As someone aspects. who's never, ever played mm -hmm. any of the Witcher games. Right. Or read any of the novels. Yeah. Novels or watched so the Netflix show. Uh, yeah, you're fine with that. What? Is... <laughs> yeah, I know, but we'll, we can cover that very briefly in a minute. I do want to. I do um, want to. What is it that's been that's not aged uh, so well in the first game? There is uh, a lot of. God, I hate saying this because it sounds so generic, so uh, cliched, but there is a lot of sexism. Uh, and you know, I don't really call out sexism that much because I think. So. <sighs> How do I say this? Uh, I don't know. I'm not. A, I'm not as sensitive as most people are mm. towards sexism. Some of it, I think, is fun and flirty. Uh, but Witcher, actually, I'd say Witcher one, two, and three. Uh, it it is actually just. It's a product of its time. Um, women are not treated correctly i will say okay. uh so i i do hope to see a little bit of just a little bit of modification just to modernize it put it that way not change it don't change the um don't change the, win the core. winning formula in terms of the game yeah yeah uh but my first thought when i heard this was i wonder if they're doing this to go hand in hand with the show now, I do have a lot to say about the show. The show is awful. The show is <laughs> terrible. And I finally feel justified to say that. I have I've I've alluded to it in previous episodes of this you, podcast. You have, yeah. I've never come out and said it. The first season was passable, the second season is terrible. I think I did say the second season's terrible. I'm sure you did, yeah. Pavel is wonderful. This is nothing against him. It actually made me like him because I never was really a fan of him. Because mm -hmm. uh, I, I will be honest, I prejudged, I did, and thought that someone like him would never be into the nerdy stuff and then come to find out he is an actual nerd and it wasn't fake. Yeah. So uh, I was gatekeeping that and I'm sorry. <laughs> no, look, we've all done it. Like... It's been yeah. so many times when you just prejudge someone and you go, "I yeah, they can't be yeah. a gamer because they're hot, they're famous, you know." They're just I mean, look at him. Yeah, I'm like, look at him. You know, he looks yeah. like you know. Look, he works gonna, out at the gym. I, I don't care. I'm just gonna say it. I mean, look at him. He's a hunk. He is a <laughs> you he know? is a smouldering piece of ass. <laughs> he's that's the thing. He's not my type, and I. Because my type is very, I like, I like my people, which are nerds and geeks and 
all that kind of stuff. Uh, <laughs> yeah, that's the episode title. By yeah, the way. I think it's gonna have to be. That is perfect. Um, but uh, so I did. I prejudged Cavill a hundred percent, a thousand percent. Even though too. I had, yeah, I had people telling me, "Oh, he builds his PCs. He he paints." Uh, Warhammer figures. I'm like, no, it's all for show. It's all for show. I was wrong. I'm 100 percent wrong. Yeah, until he went and on here's Graham why Norton and got absolutely torn apart for it by Graham Norton. Whatever. I hate that. That made me love him more. Yeah, exactly. Uh, not Graham it Norton, like, hate, I'm, I'm afraid to say it made me yeah. hate Graham Norton even more because I don't like the guy. Uh, he can be very annoying. Yes, but I also think he's an arrogant tit. Well, yeah, I think you have to be those to be a host. Yeah, I, I guess it's half of the territory, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, but what I, and I promise this is all going to tie back, so so hang with me, listeners. Uh, what I have found that I totally respect about Cavill more than anything, his absolute love for the source material. Uh, yeah. his His drive and his love for The Witcher book series yeah and then the game uh and then as it's recently come out this week the he's poor guy was well he's no longer on it yeah but he was surrounded by people who didn't even like the game who didn't um, even like the books let's just say they, so far they are mostly unfounded claims it's just, think so? of, it's just a bit of he said she said said at the moment by well the i will say this one of the writers has gone on to go to marvel and then decided to yeah. speak about it and it's like i'm not gonna say you know you're wrong because you have first had experience but obviously there's no documentation to prove the claims what i will say is this because pete is right I, I will say it is conjecture but here's what i'll say as a person watching this listening to that awful terrible dialogue especially in the second series there was no great love for this series there was no heart behind it there was no passion it was an agenda driven uh thing yeah and i hated i don't i'm not gonna say i hated it i severely disliked it so having said all that and yes as we now know cavill's leaving and they're replacing him with liam what's his face Liam Hemsworth. Yeah. The lesser Hemsworth. <laughs> One of the lesser uh, Hemsworths. Yeah. Um, which is such a strange... They're not even in the same league. You I'm, know what I mean? Yeah, I'm afraid to say that Liam is not exactly leading man material. He's, he's a rom-com leading man material. Like, he'd be cute in a little, you know, romantic comedy type thing or... Uh, or even like a Shakespeare in Love thing. Actually, yeah, like yeah, Shakespeare yeah. In Love. That's a good movie. Um, but as a superhero, I mean, freaking Cavill. Well, Cavill is Superman. I mean, I was gonna say Cavill looks like he walked off the pages of a, a comic book. Well, duh, because he's Superman. Uh, so it's very strange. But I mean, hopefully, there does seem to be fans of the show. I still can't believe it, but whatever. So hopefully those fans will then in turn want to play this reboot of the, or I guess it's not a reboot, it's this a remake. Re remake of The Witcher. Mm -hmm. They'll be disappointed because <laughs> it's not going to be anything alike. Mm. But um, 
don't know. I don't know. It's just, it's all very, very... It's... The Witcher series is in weird in a weird place right now. And a weird transition time, is what I was saying. Yeah, it's trying to go mainstream. It's trying, and it's doing it the wrong way, as so many of these other... We've, we've said this. So many other comic book and video game series are doing. They're going against the source material. Yeah. The, which it, I it's just like don't the, get. Yeah, I don't get it. It's like they're relying on Hollywood too much. Despite the fact and, that the games industry is a lot more profitable than Hollywood is, like, is at the moment. Oh, that's like I said. Either it was last week or the week before. Got these games with these amazing just wealth of storylines and characters and they don't they don't do it <laughs> they, yeah. they go off like uh, halo was i think what we were talking about they go off and they make their own thing and it's like why are you doing this this is a pre-established you've got yeah. a built-in fan base exactly. of people who are willing to spend money on you know on this stuff I, but i think that's so. where the problem is is that they've already got the fan base that they can kind of exploit in that way they know that they're guaranteed viewers or um you know customers let's say you know they're well, always going to be they're going to have the base to sort of go to to go yeah look look we we definitely care about you yeah well here's what i hope i hope speaking of the guy that went to marvel he's doing x-men 97 yeah and he said everyone on his staff loves the X-Men specifically that time period. Yeah. Which is one of the one of the best X-Men time periods would be the nineties. That's some of my absolute favorite uh yeah. decade. And that was across was all like, media as well. That was like the comics, yeah. the, the the cartoons, like they didn't have movies yeah. back like by that point, but Well believe it of... or not, they they had a terrible, terrible T V movie by yeah. Fox. Uh for Generation X. I've watched uh, it. It is awful it is awful but it's got actual x-men in it it's weird um and at that time uh there was also a uh oh frick what's i'm, I'm blanked out because i'm getting very tired uh samuel jackson's character um samuel in the marvel jackson. universe in oh, the marvel fury. universe nick fury there's a nick fury movie with hasselhoff as nick fury what the hell yes oh yeah that was bef that was before they um they made nick fury um you know black well yeah yeah and um but it was i think it was around the same time anyway so uh having said all that i'm do apologize to our audience i am rambling because i'm very tired uh i am very excited to see what x-men 97 is going to come out with because if i could watch the witcher and not feel the passion or love of this characters and series mm. i'm hoping the opposite will be true for x-men 97 and that i will feel that passion and that love you know as well mm. i'll tell you my thoughts after after we finish recording because i'm not going <laughs> to put my foot in it in terms of never watches so yes right okay i got you i got but you got you got you i am going to yes. bring this back to the uh to the witcher Yes. Uh, to the story just before we close it off to move to the next story yeah uh, the thing that I find the most interesting about all of this and look I've got no issues with them re uh, remaking the game I mean clearly it's a game that they feel like it needs to be remade um, mm -hmm. it was it was for a niche audience on, on a PC and it I don't think it ever got a console release did it 
I don't think so. I mean, I, I could be Witcher very wrong, did. but I don't. It did, yeah. So, but I, I don't think it did. No, so this one is obviously going to try and cater to the new audience. So it's going to, like, there are people who obviously picked up um, Cyberpunk who mm-hmm. weren't particularly familiar with CD Projekt at the time. Yeah. Whilst, you know, so they have picked up some new fans, let's say, especially over the last two years of actually, you know, making the game work, mm-hmm. who will want to probably go back and play some of their older properties. Fine. Modernizing them is never, never really a bad idea, let's say. Yeah, but the interesting side of it for me is that they're clearly trying to speed the process up by choosing Unreal Engine 5 rather than the proprietary Red Engine. Yes, which I did forget to uh, address that, although I think we addressed that on the previous when we talked about it before. Mm. That is, I find that fascinating. Yeah, I really do. I do as well. So it's, it'll be. It, I'm wondering how long this is going to take with their integration for Unreal Five. Yeah, I think it will be. It will be faster than if they had stuck with their other engine. Is what I think. Yeah, I also think that the amount of um, technology that's available in Unreal Engine Five, considering that Matrix um, Unreal demo. Yeah. I think they could build <laughs> an incredible game off of that. I do as well. I do so, as well. Anyway, I think we've spoken more than enough about that one. Yeah. So, do you want to so. do you want to co- do you want to cover uh, an angry story or an even more annoying story? <laughs> oh my gosh, I have so much to say about our next two things. So uh, let's just go. Let's go in the order that it is. Okay. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I saw this one earlier on in the week, and I just looked at it and I went, "Yeah, God's sakes, again." Yeah. Yeah, so and this, yeah. I'm just going to read this as is. I'm just going to, yeah. and then we can make comments about it. People Ugh. who strongly identify as, quote, gamers, more prone to racism and sexism, study suggests. A new study has suggested <sighs> that people who strongly view themselves as gamers, TM, uh, <laughs> sorry, I had to put the TM on there, uh, as part of their personal identity, are more likely to be prone to extreme behaviors such as racism and misogyny. Mm-hmm. That's according to Internet Fusion and Extremism in Gaming Cultures, a research paper by, take this, please please never, ever, ever use that term for this, that that research paper by that company, Uh because that makes me think of Phoenix Wright. How so? Because every time he presents evidence, he says, take this. Oh, says take this. Yes. Yes. Right. Uh, right. A mental health advocacy. Look, I'm not going to argue with that. Mental health advocacy, not going to disagree with Yeah. That. Big, big proponent of it. Uh, organization with a focus on the games industry. Toxicity has long been known to exist with within some parts of the video game community. And this mm-hmm. research seeks to understand how this occurs. Um, the research explores the potential uh, role of identity fusion in toxic sessions of gaming communities. The hell does that even mean? Uh, anyway, uh, identity fusion is described as a deep, visceral sense of alignment with a group or cause that strongly pervades oh, an individual's personal life to the point where it compels people to enact pro-group behaviours, even when it's oh. it is personally costly. To do so. Normal humans. 
that's normal human behavior. I know this because I'm autistic. Yeah. Speaking to Vice, one of the authors of the study, Dr. Rachel uh, Cowart, I apologize, um, emphasized that his findings refer to the smaller, toxic portion of the gaming community who showed signs of gamer culture taking over their personal identities and that there's no suggestion the wider populace of players is extreme. Well, I'm afraid to say your headline would state otherwise. Um, this is where I have a bit of a problem with EDC because they've picked up on this like quite badly, I think. Um, right, okay. It's important to note that, according to the research, identity fusion is not unique to gaming and has been uh, studied in various other, other groups, including members of the military and competitive sports, and found yes, to align with exactly. both pro-social behaviour, such as yeah. a willingness to help others, as well as anti-social outcomes such as hostility and aggression. However, take this take this as research suggests that gaming spaces may be particularly conductive to identity fusion due to the belief that shared experiences are effective in facilitating it, especially when the experiences are challenging and engaging. We have individual identities and social identities. So I am Rachel, a, uh, this is the, the um, Noah, by the way, or Koa, I pronounce her name. So I am uh -huh. Rachel, I am female, and I am a gamer. I love The Witcher. Wow, I wonder why I chose this story. <laughs> um, these are my social identities and are separate. Identity fusion is when the social identity, the individual identity, fuses together and you can't te tell them apart or tear them apart. Uh, the way in which fusion is shown to develop makes them more susceptible to extreme behaviours. The researcher went on to use the example of a military veteran who work, whose work identify leaks into all aspects of life of their life until there is no, not much difference in between Doug the soldier and Doug the farmer. Those who have gone through this identity fusion are said to be susceptible to pro uh, extreme pro-group behaviour. Uh, the so research was com uh, comprised oh. of three studies which uh, surveyed hundreds of people. Well, I'm afraid to say your, your study group is very small then. Right. Uh, of people who played video games and analysed their beliefs such as whether they related to right-wing right -wing authoritarianism or the alt-right move. Yeah, I've got problems with the alt-right movement. Yeah. Or the views on women and minorities. Yeah. The studies then attempted to collate identity fusion by asking questions about whether they believe that they make gaming culture strong and how, they, uh, and how willing they would be to fight someone for making fun of gaming culture. Okay. Oh, so let's digest this a little bit, shall we? Oh, gosh, yeah. Now... I have this is my problem with this article let's say why is it only the right wing authoritarianism and the alt right movement not the alt left and the far left authoritarian movement that's included within this, uh, this study because they're equally just as bad as each other I mean before we even touch on that as being autistic means that I am often a detached observer. I'm curious about humans, I'm curious about human behavior, and mm -hmm. I'm very curious about social interactions. Because I don't have, I have a smaller uh, prefrontal cortex than yeah. normal humans. Mm -hmm. So I get very confused easily about these social structures and blah, 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 blah. So having said all that, everything she described is just normal human behavior. Yep, yeah, 100% agree with you. 
with you there. Yeah. And the fact that it's labeled gamer behavior is intentional. That's intentional. That's intentionally done to, you know, Disparage work up the, the gamer community and to cause well, reaction. I was to say, more cause a reaction because, you know, apparently this paper is, you know, probably, it's probably university related, you know, it needed to be done. Maybe it's a dissertation. And, I don't and, know. And, and, and let's be honest, it's not like that there's like, um, there's not like there's a political movement going on in universities at the moment but to, towards a particular way of politics, is there? Well, I mean, I, I don't know about that, but... I do know that nothing stated was abnormal behavior. No. Uh, and, and I also find it interesting that I and you, Pete, we may not walk around going, I'm a gamer, but we are... I do, actually. I tell people I'm okay. a gamer. Uh, well, we're in the gaming com community. Yeah. And all I see around us, I mean, of course, we, we do know that if you go on League of Legends, if you go on uh, COD and all this stuff, yeah, you're going to hear 12-year-olds being racist and sexist because and they, homophobic look, and all that. I'm going to be honest with you there. It's literally just to be edgy and to cause offense because it's they think it's funny. Yeah. Nothing well, more than that, really. Yeah, like, and I mean, what I, you'll it's... find is that a very, very, very tiny subset of those people are well, people that's... you do have to worry about. See, that's, this is my thing. I mean, think about how many people in the LGBT, all of the letters that I can't remember, uh, are our friends and yeah. are gamers. Yeah, you I, know. Well, bearing in mind that I'm with the Together We Play lot, and a lot of those yeah. identify as LGBTQIA plus. Yeah. And I don't think I could be wrong, of course, and I'm always open-minded. I don't think anyone we associate with in our community is even on the right. There's centrists, mm. and then there's leftists. There's not a lot of politically right people that no, we... To be honest with you, in. I think the most right person that we've ever had on the show was Sophia Nolwitz, and she wasn't... Oh, yeah, yeah. I wouldn't even say she was that far right, if I'm honest. It depends on who's, uh, yeah, who's but, judging her. But... <laughs> like from my perspective, but, I don't yeah. think she was. I would, you know, I'd say some of the takes that she had were on a little bit more on the extreme side, let's be honest. And probably yeah. not how I think. But I don't decry anyone for having the ability to speak about it because well, free speech, of course. But that That's really, that's kind of my point is, you're right. So Sophia will say she's the farthest right we've had on the show She's probably the farthest right in any of our circles. Mm -hmm. uh, and even that, she's the minority. Yeah, an absolute minority in this one. Absolute minority. Yeah. Um, and I'm, like I said, I'm not decrying them whatsoever. Like, they're entitled to their opinions. And oh, yeah, yeah. I may not but agree with them, but that's I'm strictly the way speaking of the world. numbers here. Yeah, no, absolutely. Uh, but I'm strictly speaking numbers here. I mean, I, yeah, you can't really use your own anecdotal evidence to, you know. But I don't know where she... I just feel like... Was she just polling 12-year-olds? You know, I, I want to know the like demographics. Way, if I'm honest. Yeah, I'd like to know the demographics. Yeah, because basically everyone in our circles is 18+. plus. Um, yeah, I don't think we have any... 
you know, definitely not rapid reviews. I think everybody's 18 plus in rapid reviews now. Uh, uh yes, um, originally it wasn't the case because I think right, there exactly. was one that was on yeah. that wasn't, but... but he's he's all grown up now. <laughs> and, um, so, I mean, I think her demographics pool that she's pulling from uh, is not, well, I mean, she only said it, it was only a hundred, a couple of hundreds or a few hundreds or yeah, something like that. Yeah, that's what I mean. The subset is not exactly too massive to make. It's, I'm just annoyed. Spectrum, like, claims that yeah. they have. And I know well, that obviously scientific studies are not going to be able to pull yeah, no, everybody. But exactly. usually, the, usually the focus group is more than a couple of hundred. Well, I mean, and the thing is, I am tired of the very played out trope of racist, sexist, homophobic gamer. That's not... Yeah. Uh, even even if you were to go buy stuff like League of Legends and COD uh, lobbies and all that kind of stuff, that's not a majority of games. Yeah. You know? No. Remember so, what it was. So they they make mention in this article. I'm not going to talk about it too much. Obviously, mm-hmm. I'm kind of bored of reading it. Um, mm-hmm. But it does talk about obviously that it was um, strong correlation between a competitive game of something like Call of Duty by comparison to something like Minecraft. Mm-hmm. And I'll use the example of this. We played Halo Infinite at launch, yeah. a lot. Yeah. And we, we were did. in public lobbies with people, weren't we? Yeah. How many yeah. of those comments were homophobic, racist, or misogynistic? Yeah, I... Not a single one. You know, it's funny you say that. Not a single one, because the only quote-unquote sexist comment I even got last year, mm-hmm. and believe me, this is way better than 10 years ago, uh, was actually in Destiny. Yeah, I'm not surprised. I got that. a message, girls can't play. Which is like, oh yeah, you wounded me. Oh, I'm so sad. Uh, we'll cry about it. Like, sorry, if, uh, it, if it's bruised your ego, the the, yeah, some, well, the other sex are playing a game, then uh, yeah. Well, I'm pretty sure it was than anyone. I'm pretty sure it was a 12 year old. I'm like, oh, you wounded me. Um, cut me oh. to the quick. Uh, oh, wow, yeah. I'm never coming on Destiny because uh, a 12 year old yeah. told me I'm not allowed to play it. Gosh, yeah. Um, so I mean. Yeah, again, that's anecdotal. But still, I just don't see what she sees. No, I don't either. You know? And I think it's a cop-out, and I think it's a kind of slam dunk. You know, oh, I can write this paper because it'll be easy to prove. Mm. You know what I mean? You know? So. I'll be honest with you. I've had some messages back in the past, like, from people. You know? mm -hmm. Uh, I've had numerous messages from people telling me I was a... A see you next Tuesday and arsehole and all of that sort of thing for yeah. beating him at a game. It happens. Yeah. When when people get competitive, sometimes the bad streak in them comes out. I see it on a yeah. football field all the time. I know. So, like, for instance, I, this is where I have the utmost respect for quite a lot of people when they do play sports. Like, I'm just using uh-huh. this as an example, by the way. Is uh-huh. that the heat of the battle can get to anybody. Like, and it's how you handle the heat of the battle. Some mm-hmm. people get argumentative. Some people want to cause chaos. It just happens. The thing that I find the most interesting about all of it is that I have seen people literally want to tear lumps out of each other playing football whilst on the pitch for yeah. 90 minutes 
who will literally walk over to every like walk over to that person at the end of the game, shake their hand, mm-hmm. give them a hug, and go and have a beer with them at the end. Yep. yep. That's how we did in Derby. Yep, that's exactly how that's, we did in Derby. It's essentially how uh-huh. I so I see it in games. Like me and you, we could uh-huh. be sitting there playing Halo, and it say we were on separate teams. If you killed me, I might call you call you a this and that. <laughs> yeah. And then just go, yeah, good game, good fun, that was fun. Yeah. You know, yeah, it's it's a frustration thing. You know, you're not happy with your performance, so you take it out on someone else. Yes, okay, sexist, misogynistic, homophobic, racist comments are never okay. Right, I but, think people are dumb for relying on them, but yeah, but I've but I'm now starting to get to this point where everything in society is now seen as sexist, homophobic, racist, misogynistic, and all of that. And I'm starting to get to the point where I'm starting to ask and ask, and this is probably wrong as well, is it really, though? Because the, well, you, remember, it, it, you, you remember the story of the boy who cried wolf? Mm-hmm. It's getting to that point now where everyone's starting to cry wolf and I'm starting to question whether they're telling the truth. Uh, oh, well, now, when you come to, like, oh, God, this is definitely for a different podcast... But when you come to like people telling personal stories, there is you, mm, yeah, you can get kind of um, cynical towards it. Yeah, I, I'm now. I, I don't want to be that person, but I've now become so overly cynical when people yeah. mention the ists and the phobes and the, all of that, and I'm like, mm, can I see evidence? Yeah. Yeah, it's not a good place to be, but too many people have now started throwing them around as catch-all terms, and I'm starting to get worried by it. This sounds so terrible, but look, I can't not say... I'm a female in gaming for longer than some people have been alive, which is depressing. Uh, But you're... How do I say this? You're going to have to get a thicker skin. Not always. Um... But having said that, it's still not a majority of the games. It's still not a majority of exactly. players. I haven't received a comment like what I received in Xbox 360 uh-huh. days. Oh, gosh. For like well, that's 10 what I'm years. saying. Yeah. That's what I'm saying. Like, the worst I got this year was from Destiny 2, and I'm pretty sure it was a 12 year old, and it was just girls can't play games. You know, mm. oh. I will gladly take that than the crap I used to get yep. on the 360. It was yeah, terrible. Mean, oh, it was awful, yeah. The worst I've yeah. had since like, that time was someone I played on Street Fighter Five on PS4 mm-hmm. who, who who told me I sucked because I was a noob, and it was like, okay, yeah, that's really inventive. <laughs> uh, I sucked because I'm a noob, but I beat you, so that makes you an even yeah. better noob, I'm afraid. But some yeah. of the stuff I used to get on Xbox Live where it was like, they used to call you a see you next Tuesday, you N-word, and it was like, Whoa, oh, yeah. okay. I used to have to just mute the, the channel or yeah, mute the voice yeah. channel. Yeah, so did Cause I. It was, yeah, because it was like, oh, nope. <laughs> I'm not going to sit through this because it is, you know, very bad. But that was, you know, 15 years ago? 10 oh, to 15 God. years ago, yeah. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Oh, my life just flashed before my eyes. Um, it was very boring. <laughs> it was very boring. <laughs> and, um, yeah, so... Yeah. That, the problem I have with this, and then we will move on. Yeah. Is that we as gamers know this. 
everything we just talked about, we know this. Non-gamers, which makes up a majority of the population, are still stuck in that 10 years ago mindset of mm -hmm. gamers are just these uh, loud, racist, sexist men. Basement. Boys. Basically. Yeah. Men and boys. Um, and that's just simply not true anymore. No, it's not. If it, ever, if it ever really was true, but it's definitely not true now. No, we've looked at the demographics and there's a higher, like a lot higher percentage of female gamers these days than there mm -hmm. ever has been. Well, I was going to say, I like the theory. Somebody put forth the theory, which is because I've been playing games my entire life. Uh, when my brother got his consoles, I was, bam, playing them. Yeah. But no one thought to poll females back in those days. No, they didn't. So there's a lot of girls my age that are gamers currently and were gamers when we were little, but we were never counted. No. Because nobody thought to ask us. Yeah, <laughs> so, that is very yeah. true. Yeah. So, um, ultimately, what it comes down to is that's an old trope, and it needs to just die. It needs to fade out. It, it's yeah. it's just not true now. Are there some just uh, loud, misogynistic gamers? Yeah. Cool. But that's probably no more percentage than there is in the entire world, mm -hmm. percentage-wise, if that makes sense. Yeah. I agree. Yeah. Anyway, I'm going to move on to the final story. And this you... is a, a third update. Yeah. Another update to the story that's now been going on for three weeks. And yeah. has pretty much led us to doing another news or news week. Yep. Thanks, Helena. Really helping yeah. with that. So I'm not going to read the, the headline because it gives too much away. Former Bayonetta yeah. voice actress Helena Taylor has reignited the dispute over her exit from the series and confirmed press reports that she was actually offered significantly more than $4,000, she uh, initially claimed. Um, so yeah. this is a bit of a weird one because she states that she doesn't confirm it, but actually does confirm it in her tweet. So let's just go mm -hmm. through it and then we can mind, like briefly discuss it. Yeah. So in a series of videos published on social media, we already know. So this is a catch up for those who might not have been here for the past couple of weeks. So um, Taylor, who had been replaced as Bayonetta in the upcoming Switch sequel by uh, veteran uh, Jennifer Hale. The game is now out, by the way. Uh, criticized developer Platinum Games and called on fans to boycott Bayonetta 3. Voice actor claimed that uh, at the time she met, uh, was made a final offer to do the whole game at 4,000 US dollars and she called... Uh, and she, the offer was called immoral and insulting. Bloomberg and VGC sources later disputed the claim and alleged that Platinum had actually offered a package worth fifteen thousand dollars, which is within the SAG or the Af uh, AFTRA uh, union rules. So the SAG is the Screen Actors Guild. I can't remember what the AFTRA is. Um, yeah, I don't. Uh, in a series of tweets published on Monday, um, so this is where things start getting a little bit different. So Taylor confirmed uh, this fig uh, this figure but claimed that powerful journalists were trying to discredit her. Speaking to VGC earlier on in the month, Taylor cl had claimed the suggestion she was offered more than 4,000 categorically untrue. She also had labelled claims by sources that she could have earned 15,000, an absolute lie, and a complete joke. Monday's Twitter thread reads, It has come to my attention that some people are calling me a liar and a gold digger. I feel the need to defend myself and my reputation in the industry. As I posted on part three of my video thread, I explained that their first offer was too low. That offer was $10,000 in total. Cue the groan. 
Yeah, but she had left out. Yeah, that's why I said cue the groan. I was expecting you to go, <laughs> ugh. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> no, anyway, it doesn't matter. Remember, this is a $450 million franchise, not counting merchandise. I then wrote to uh, in Japanese to Hideki Kamiya, probably because in letter because he can't block that. Yeah, uh, exactly. Asking for what I was worth. I thought that as a creative, he would understand. He replied saying how much he valued my contribution to the game and how much fans wanted me to voice the game. I was then offered an extra 5,000. So I declined to voice the game. The voice actor then confirmed another detail from press reporting that she was later offered a flat fee to voice some lines for $4,000. Bloomberg uh, claimed that this was for a cameo. Yeah. Uh, any other lies such as 4,000 for five sessions are total fabrications, she stated. There were not extensive negotiations. I've also been informed of ridiculous fictions, such as I asked for $250,000. I am a team player. I am just asking for a fair living wage in line with the value that I bring to this game. I was... I was paid a shockingly low total of £3,000 for the first game. She is British. Um, a little more for the second, so she doesn't disclose how much she earned for the You're second, right. which is a little bit worrying to me. Yeah. So Sus. Uh, I'm gonna get. I'll get to that in a minute anyway because I've got a lot yeah. to say about this one. Yeah. Um, I wanted to voice her. I have drummed up interest in the game ever since I started on Twitter in 2011. So this seemingly corroborates another claim in VGC's reporting that Taylor was paid significantly less for Bayonetta 2 than the 15000 offered to her for the third game. On Monday, Taylor concluded her series of message by claiming that she, she had, and this is the part that really gets to me the most, kept up interest in the game by answering fan letters and signing autographs. She acknowledged yeah. that at one game conference she charged uh, one game conference she charged money for signatures but claimed that this was donated to charity. She mm. concluded there are people who are attempting to throw shade and discredit what I say. The industry is powerful. They have powerful journalists too. They are trying to save their asset. Don't fall for it. Oh anyway, my goodness. I'm not... That, that's, where we, that's where I'm drawing a line under this now because that's yeah. where I'm done. Yeah. So do you want to take this first? Well, yeah, mine's very quick. I don't have much to say because mm -hmm. since we started reporting on it, I was very clear. Don't boycott anything. No. We said uh, that out. You, you specifically yeah. said that out, right? And that she was very self-centered, and I still stand by that. I mm -hmm. think this shows that she might even be, you know, have narcissistic tendencies. Yep. Um and i'm glad we avoided emotional reactions to this because mm -hmm. holy freaking crap um i i'm i'm stunned because here's what uh voice actors deserve to be paid more that's full stop yep i think um, we made that very very clear or even on the first time mm -hmm. that we reported on this definitely uh and i will stand by that forever yep um but this lady's got some problems that I think are bigger than not getting paid whatever she was wanting to get paid. I think there's 
some underlying issues there. And I think that even though I'm not going to say his name right, Hideki. Hideki um, Kamiya, yeah. Yeah. Even though I don't think he handled it well, no. I still don't think he handled it well. Uh, I think that he made a good decision by cutting off all contact with her. Put it uh, that way. That's I'll, the most charitable way. Yeah, I'll also be honest in this one. I think he actually did the right thing by not answering any more questions about him. Well, yeah, I mean, I think the ultimate goal was the right idea. I think he went about it the wrong way. Yeah, but like, in in theory, like yeah, like in actuality, he handled it badly, but probably because yeah. he was told by his lawyers to shut up. Yeah, uh, but I think the the end game was the right way to go. Mm -hmm. So that's my very charitable way to explain my position sure <laughs> so okay. what about you pete well this statement this statement itself has so many uh problems with it and based on the fact that i've played a lot of phoenix riot games i can spot contradictions everywhere in this particular third statement compared to the first video oh messages. yes definitely um, yeah so she's stating that she got offered four thousand dollars for the entire yeah. game well, yeah. she's now confirmed that she was offered $4,000 for a cameo role. So not the right. whole game. Like, so she... So the problem I have is that she's obviously... She stated that she got offered that 4000 It's now come out that she was then offered 10000 which she failed to disclose in the first videos, and then was offered an extra 5000 to make it up to 15,000 once again wasn't wasn't stated in those videos at all like she wanted people on her side and rightly so because she mm -hmm. wasn't like people aren't paid enough like you said yeah like voice talent yeah. are not paid enough obviously yeah. they're part of a union and the union would come up with those rules but the union yeah. needs to do better work and getting them better I, money then i do agree with that yeah but she then has a narcissistic problem in the fact that she's then taken this far too personally and gone, well, they've offered me this amount of money, but I'm going to lie to everyone and tell them that I was only offered X amount because it sounds a yeah. lot better as a figure. What is that called? Like sin of omission or something like that? Uh, well, yeah, she's a miss. Lying she's, by she, omission. Yeah, yeah, she's lied by omission, let's say. That is yeah. the legal term, I think it is, isn't it? Yeah. So yeah. I have problems with that because she's been um, knowingly untruthful about the entirety of the story from her, uh, even from her side. And she did it to curry favor to, to lead a boycott on mm -hmm. like on a game that was going to have a massive effect on the livelihood of not just Kamiya himself, but the incredible talent that are at Platinum Games who grinded away on this game for over five years. Yeah, you know, exactly. Not yeah. particularly fair on them. My yeah. biggest issue, she says, I'm a team player. Well, you're clearly yeah. not because you're trying to take them to task over I... it. What did these yeah. developers do to you? Nothing. But yeah. yet you're trying to ruin their livelihood over this. That's not very fair at all. And that's what, yeah. like, this is where I have problems with it. And the fact of the matter is, as well, at the very end of the day, where she says, they're trying to run like the games journalists are trying to run cover for them. Mm -hmm. I don't necessarily disagree with that point because some companies do. <sighs> yeah. But not quite <laughs> to this extent. Yeah. 
like yeah they 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 stay favorable with some places for access and we know this happens yeah like look at the amount it of does. collector's editions that go out to outlets yeah to curry favor for like you know mm-hmm. for better reviews or to stay yep. like in contact with them and gain access and use the press as to how and when they want to but remember it's a two-way street the press also utilize these companies for their own gain too yeah you know so it's not it's mutually beneficial more so but why do you think a company and various other news outlets as well as the internet like the twitter community the gaming community all conspire against one person why yeah why would we do that that, no, yeah. 10 million people who watched that video were pretty much all on her side. Yeah. On, like, when this videos first came out. Mm-hmm. And then the news came out from Jason Schreier a couple of days later that changed everything. Yeah. And then this, she's putting her foot in her mouth about this because she keeps retract, like, she, she's not retracting she's any fine. statements. She's not turning around and saying there is some validity in what's being said. She's trying to state that it's all outright false and then confirming mm-hmm. the actual figures yes yeah, that's absolutely yeah. ridiculous that that's what put my uh like alarms ringing yeah and and for me i i, I have to ask one question about this what does she justify as a fair living wage then yeah because yeah, because she's never come out with says, it. I am a team player. I'm just asking for a fair living wage. Now, yeah. if you're offered $15,000 for 20 hours of work, where's that fair to but the person it, like myself who earns, who doesn't eat, probably won't even earn that in half a year? Yeah, but I mean, like, if that's the only job she took for that year and blah, blah, blah. Yeah, yeah, I get that. You no. Know. But she's yeah. doing theatre work in the UK. She's not the only job she's doing. Yeah. Well, I think that... Um, I think she says that as an almost distraction. Yeah, exactly. And this is yeah. my problem with the mm-hmm. vast majority of this statement, is that mm-hmm. it's trying to throw like pejorative statements and superlative language at you to try and curry mm-hmm. favour to try and distract you away from the fact that she's basically admitted that all the facts in Jason Schreier's article were true. Yeah. Um, I, I also, I still am very hesitant with Schreier's article. Um, yeah, I, I agree. Like but, there's some inconsistencies, yeah. of course. Yeah. Um, but that doesn't like, that's just my natural hesitation from being in journalism and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. Uh, and, and, and from the fact that we've been doing this for a very long time, and we've seen a yeah. couple of really dodgy articles from him at Kartaku. Yes. Yep. I'm not They're not big on due diligence. Uh, no. But um, having said that, that still doesn't preclude my um, hesitation to see... To take on board what she says. Mm-hmm. Uh, no, I don't want to outright call anyone a liar, um, which is why I'm hedging all my bets and yeah. being so hesitant in my language. But she has not been consistent and it hasn't added up. No. That's that's what I'll say. Um, Agreed. 
Yeah. And so I don't think what we've also learned being in this business and doing like the podcast for like three years or whatever now is there is never a clear cut good and bad guy. Nope. It's always got gray areas and I hate that. (laughs) Um, welcome, Welcome to the world of morally gray. Yeah, I want my, my I want my stories and I want my games and I want my life to just be good and bad and know who's good and know who's bad. But guess what? It's not really like that. And unfortunately, um, that's not what life is all about either. No. So I think in this story, yet again, there there isn't an overly good side and there isn't an overly bad side. No. Uh, just there's a lot of yeah. Um, so, but I think that we can all come to the conclusion that pay your talent, just pay your talent what they're worth. Mm-hmm. Um, especially if they're part of a union, that union needs to step up Yep. and start, you know, doing some stuff. Yeah. But, um, but ultimately that's what it comes down to pay your talent. Agreed. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm going to finish this out with one last thing though. Sure. Because... Part of me feels like someone probably should be sitting there and actually talking to Helena about this properly. Yeah. And sort of turning around to her saying, look, you might... Like, if you have a vendetta against Platinum Games, fine. They might have treated you badly in the past. And if they have... If if all of this is true, and she, the figures mm-hmm. she's providing were true, I'll hold mm-hmm. my hands up and I'll say sorry about that. Because, mm-hmm. you know, I did, you know... But I think in this situation, sometimes, and this is just like I don't, I know she's never going to listen to this, but if she does, Helena, sometimes saying nothing is better than saying something. Yeah. And in this instance, I think you put your foot too far in your mouth, and you just need to be quiet now. Yeah, I'm gonna agree with you on that. I'm going to absolutely agree with you. It's, it's time to be quiet now. Yeah, and that's the <laughs> nicest way I could put it because some people yeah. that have been pretty vitriolic about it and gone, oh. you need to shut up. It was like, no, I don't yeah. think you need to, but I think you need to err on the side of caution the next time you decide to tweet. Well, that's the thing. I've, I've seen a lot of very awful takes and very yep. negative things. I think we're... So I can say this so that we don't get ourselves in trouble. I don't think that we're dealing with a a very healthy person. Put it that way. I agree. And I don't think negative and mean tweets are beneficial to unhealthy people. No, and that's why I've taken the the angle that I have and trying to Mm -hmm. just point out the contradictions rather than just saying... Helen, you're an outright riot liar or anyone's yeah. outright liar in this one. I'm just pointing out the inconsistencies yeah. that I've seen myself with the story from either yeah. side. But I think, and maybe I'm jumping the gun here, uh, I think we should put that story to rest. I just... Mm, I agree. Until something yeah. else comes up that's Unless it's, particularly yeah. mind-shattering, or earth-shattering, I'm not going to tell yeah. this again. Yeah, I'm going to agree with you there. Sure. Yeah. Well, that's the news. Uh, that does it for us. Another episode in the can, as they say. Mm-hmm. Um, but we do thank you guys for joining us in this very strange episode. Yeah. 
We should have done something spooky, but I was tired yeah. and I didn't think. Yeah. We'll do something spooky next year. <laughs> uh, yeah, we can try. Yeah, well. I mean, man. It, it's kind of hard to do something spooky when, you know. You well, we could have done like. I know, but we could have done like a horror theme topic, but I none of us think... play. But we don't play horror games. Neither of us do. Look, I was thinking about it, but I don't think Karen I, I, does look, either. Neither. No, I don't either. But I don't think he does. I think yeah. I think I got all my horror out on uh, what the frick do you want scream episode? Which oh yes, listen to. Oh my gosh, <laughs> what a plug was oh, that? That is the shame of self. Genius though, that was perfectly dropped. <laughs> so Pete, where can they find you out there? <laughs> Uh, you can find me on the internet, mostly on Twitter, at PeteBeckett1, which is spelled B-E-C-K-E-T-T, -E and the number one. I do, obviously, some recordings on other podcasts, like What the Frick Do You Want, which is Scream, which was out last week, and uh, The Never Watchers, which is a Marvel Cinematic Universe podcast. Yeah. So, Kylie, yeah. what about yourself? Where can I find you on Ooh, the webs? Find me mostly tweeting or Insta-ing insta-ing instagramming or gramming uh stuff about the gym and fitness and uh, fitness pizza in my mouth uh, i can't eat pizza i wish i could mm. <laughs> but uh i'm over on twitter at k-i-l-e-y-t-e-h-g-r-e-e-t mm -hmm. um i'm not gonna lie i am not gonna be tweeting negative crap i just can't if you're on twitter right now you know exactly what i'm talking about because twitter is a horrible hellscape mm -hmm. post-apocalyptic hellscape and currently it won't last it, it'll it'll pass yeah so i'm just going to be tweeting dumb dumb shallow silly nonsense. stuff nonsense um just to try to fill some light and love you know peace and love peace and love uh <laughs> into the world yeah um but uh if you are gym inclined uh fitness inclined uh, I'm over on Instagram, which I believe is at Kylie Yellick, which is just K-I-L-A-Y-E-L-I-K. Yeah. Um, and I think that is going to do it for... Yes. That is everything. Yes. Mm -hmm. But we'll be back next week, and we're probably going to be live next week, you know, on, on streaming. Let's hope so, so. Yeah, fingers crossed. But either way, we will see you and talk to you next week. Bye. Goodbye. Thanks for listening. Please check us out on SoundCloud, Apple Podcasts, and Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Please follow us on social media at Rapid Reviews UK, or the podcast-specific Twitter at RRRadioPod. Please follow us on Twitch at Rapid Reviews. The music is made by Johnny Atma. Please check out Gametal on YouTube. And for everything else, please visit www.rapidreviewsuk for all the latest reviews. 